Hello and welcome back to the uh, most secret show on the whole of the internet. Uh, I'm your host. Uh, hold on, which names am I going by? Uh, Robert. Well, I was going to call you Robert. So. It's a secret. So Robert you can't call is. Him Robert. Well, no, because no one's going to listen okay, to it. So sure. therefore, you can call me whatever. Yeah, you're you... right. You're right. Okay. Robert. Jeremy. Robert. No, no one will know. <laughs> How could they know? <laughs> um. This is a secret between us and the French. And the French. uh, (laughs) I'm your your host, I guess, Robert. I'm joined by Matt and Tristan. How's it going, guys? Not too bad. Uh, It's going real well. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing too bad. Uh, Yeah, vacation, all that, plans and stuff. We've we've made it through. Uh, We are now, um, uh, as I was talking to Matt at the pre-show, we're not listened to by more people, um, but we... Uh, we exist in more places for us people not to find us, if that makes sense. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you want a private channel, message your friend, there's a better chance they get it, I guess is my point. We're secret, Um, but a little less so. Exactly, exactly. Whatever uh, that means. We're hipsters with a billboard. (laughs) We're hipsters with a billboard. Oh, you you don't like billboards? It's a a Final Fantasy thing. (laughs) (laughs) um so with that in mind uh i think i'm gonna start over with matt we're gonna be we're gonna be um what's the word reviewing the very first legend of zelda so matt's gonna intro us kind of the topics the things to to look for here um and yes. I guess I guess kind of yeah everything <laughs> so Help me out, matt. <laughs> yeah so you know this is uh this is the Legend of Zelda, the very first one. So there's no subtitle. You can call it Legend of Zelda One if you're like Microsoft or something, but um, <laughs> it's just the first one. <laughs> it's it's killing me because I I was just looking it up in case there was another answer, and um, it says apparently there was like a the, the port of it that came to America was then later <laughs> reported back to the like. To Japan, and it came out uh-huh. in 1994 under the title "The Hyrule Fantasy: Zelda No Densetsu One." So I guess it is Zelda One, <laughs> but only if you're playing the port. <laughs> oh, I love that Tristan is here to give us these facts. I that's yeah, amazing. It's something would we wouldn't have, have found. <laughs> so this is uh, the very first uh legend of zelda game that came out came out in 1986 in japan on the famicon um and then like i think like 1987 for yep. uh the u.s and then the one where they called it zelda 4 or zelda 1 was in 1994 they're like yeah just just put her back there <laughs> just for fun because <laughs> i guess the proper nes had been out as opposed to like the Famicom itself. Well, then by that point they had released the pinnacle of achievement that was The Legend of Zelda 2. So the numbering was an established part it's, of the franchise it's true. I'll for give 3 you that. seconds. I don't I don't know if I agree <laughs> with Pinnacle. I think the best thing it ever gave us was the inspiration for the Smash map. <laughs> Not even the Smash what, map, no. just the inspiration for <laughs> But don't you love it when a video game sequel basically discards its entire identity and becomes a side-scrolling, uh, like RPG adventure with like experience points and stuff? I mean, new joke, but that's literally like ninety-five percent of what Legends Arceus did, and that was pretty well received. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> 
Um, so we can briefly talk about the plot, and then we can go through maybe some of the items or elements in the game. You know, some of the some of the history and the design of the game, because uh, that's a very interesting for this one because. You know, this is the first one. We see a lot. We we see a lot of later titles uh, get their start here, although it's still very alien. Unlike you know when we did in another podcast, we talked about uh, Pokemon Yellow or Pokemon Red and Blue. Um, Pokemon didn't really change that much between later installments. There was still so much of the foundation there. Zelda has changed dramatically from this. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, it's arguably hard to like codify what a Zelda game is, depending on which ones you've actually played. Yeah, Zelda Zelda has had so many different like starts and styles that you know we can't find a direct through line for most of the design decisions, but we can start see- identifying some elements that will pick back up in later episodes. I'm trying to think of, like, imagine being the poor person who, like, only played two. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you, what do you mean by this is really vied with two, and then they were like, yeah, I want to play more of those, and they just like, oh. What, what are you, are you talking about Dan Avidan from Game Grumps? <laughs> wait, wait, what is that him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that's incredible. I had no idea. <laughs> Um anyway, uh so let's let's just go over the plot real quick. Um this is uh a very complex thing, so just try to stick with me for this. <laughs> so um Ganon stole the Triforce of Power uh and plunged the kingdom of Hyrule into darkness. Um the okay, with you so far. Uh, Princess Zelda was warned of this by her uh, uh, caretaker Impa and fled and broke the Triforce of Wisdom into uh, pieces and hid them around the kingdom. Uh, you are Link, who uh, your task is to reclaim the pieces of the Triforce of Wisdom and defeat Ganon and reclaim the Triforce of Power. Now, I was going to say, um, I feel like this is like every time there's a really strong magical item and then you break it on purpose so the bad guy doesn't get it and then you're the hero that like gets all these things back together like i it feels kind of counterproductive is my point <laughs> yeah so right <laughs> about that honestly is the fact that there's eight pieces yeah she she split them into eight pieces and hit them in like behind giant tri- monsters so split like, a triangle into eight pieces that's so listen. like Oh, another level. I don't like it. Well, I mean, there's another there's another aspect here that we're missing in that um, it's the Triforce, but the Triforce of Courage is actually not in this game. Understandable. They're only just... called the Triforce because they're triangles, and there's <laughs> two of them. There's only the Triforce of Power and the only the Triforce of Wisdom. Um <laughs> I guess okay, retroactively we can assume Link has the Triforce of Courage, but oh, okay, it is never okay. explicitly mentioned. Not that they were thinking about that, I imagine, when they made this first game. Or is yeah, there any I mean, precursors to the game itself, like where the legend's from? I mean, all this set dressing I'm giving is from the manual. If you play the actual game, here is the plot. 
Many years ago, <laughs> Prince Darkness Ganon stole one of the Triforce with power. Princess Zelda had one of the Triforce with wisdom. She divided it into eight units to hide it from Ganon before she was captured. Go find the eight units linked to save her. Okay. I mean, perfect. I feel like I'm lost, but no perfect. No, uh, I was going to say, though, is um, splitting a triangle into eight is not actually a terrible idea if it's eight other triangles because you get the five, three, one pyramid. I'm just saying. I'm just I, saying okay, that I'm there's okay, a mathematical that's sense. Valid, that give you that's that, actually. valid. I think that uh, most of the Wind Waker Triforce pieces were half of them are like Vs, and it's like, why did you do this? <laughs> so for the actual plot for the game, you go around, you collect the, eight, the pieces of the Triforce, you put the Triforce of Wisdom back together. This allows you to go to Death Mountain, and then you shoot Ganon with a silver arrow. He dies, and you give the Triforce of Wisdom and power to Zelda, and the game ends. And Hyrule saved forever, and there's yeah. no need for another game. <laughs> Triforce, uh, sorry, Hyrule, the kingdom that consists of entirely of people living in caves, <laughs> is saved. So nothing's changed, is what you're telling me with uh, Breath of the yeah. Wild. <laughs> so, pretty much. Actually, playing the game, what happens is you start off. You're in a field. There's a cave in front of you, and uh, it's all it's all like screen based. So like, um, you can move around on a screen. You go to the left. If you can go off the edge of a screen, you'll cycle to the next screen in that direction. That's the basic design. It's a top-down view. Um, you go into the first cave. There's an old man there. He says, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. And he gives you a wooden sword. And if you don't go see him uh, immediately, you're going to have a bad time because there's monsters that you cannot kill until you get this sword. So you better go in that <laughs> cave. Um, and, uh, yeah, then, you just, then you're just kind of left to your own devices to kind of just figure out what to do. Um, in, this is a, this is a thing that is, uh, very familiar to people who have played like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom, but, uh, the very first game just does not tell you anything. <laughs> They're just like, there's eight things somewhere, find them. I feel like there's an argument here where like people are like, oh, video games back in the day used to be harder. It's like, no, they just made sure you didn't understand how to play their game. <laughs> they just yeah, left that part well, out. So yeah. part of the reason for this, uh, and, you know, it's one of those, like, it's one of those stories. So, uh, you know, it's one of those uh, anecdotal stories. So it's hard to tell how accurate it is. But uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, the... No, not, was it Miyamoto? No, it was Enuma uh, for Zelda, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, or was it Enuma of Ocarina of Time? Was, was this... Was Miyamoto the... Did he make Zelda? Tristan? <laughs> Do you know? I, I don't remember. Let's <laughs> we all look it up. Um, okay, I think I it think, was Miyamoto. Yeah, sorry. I think Anuma was later. Yeah, okay, it was Miyamoto. I was right. Uh, A.G. Anuma only comes in for Ocarina of Time. Um, but uh, for the original Legend of Zelda, uh, so Miyamoto made um, Legend of Zelda to kind of evoke 
his his childhood of like going around and finding like caves and stuff out in like the woods you know he would, that like, childhood wonder is what every zelda game seeks to find yeah again. <laughs> like going around finding weird and interesting things and like imagining you know he's you know fighting things with like sticks and whatnot um it's that sense of like wonder and discovery that like is very core to the original legend of zelda which will not be seen again in this series <laughs> until the I, would, I would argue it's kind of there in wind waker that's fair that's fair um but uh you know it, i mean it doesn't even survive until legend of zelda 2 <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll talk about whenever the next episode happens to drop. Yeah, we'll have uh, a lot have to, to talk about for that one. <laughs> no, we have to. That's, there, that's there's fair. like stuff that needs to be addressed. That's understandable. You hear that, guys? We're doing <laughs> we're doing the call out post for Zelda Two. Things just okay. need to be. The public needs to know. So there's a couple <laughs> very interesting things here yes. because so standard Zelda things. I kind of touched on this before. Triforce of Courage doesn't exist. Triforce as like three triangles together forming a bigger triangle, not a thing. There's just two triangles that do different things vaguely. Because um, <laughs> it's not like, um, you know, you you get the Triforce of Wisdom and now you're smart enough to get through Ganon's <sighs> puzzles. It's just, you have a Triforce of Wisdom, you can now proceed. It's like... <laughs> it doesn't actually give you any benefits. It doesn't do it's anything. It's actually just a thing to get. It's... it's Yeah. Um, and it's kind of not really clear what he... What uh, Ganon is using the Triforce of Power to do. It just is a thing. Um, it, it kills me because they kind of really do, like, go back and forth on it throughout the franchise where it's like, is the Triforce symbolic? Or is it actually, like the source of their power because i don't know if nintendo knows yeah and i mean i th i think a lot of that comes down to like it was just very not set up in the original game yeah there's also no master sword uh master sword bane of all evil iconic thing <laughs> in the franchise doesn't exist there is the sword the white sword and the magical sword Ooh. and you use none of them to kill Ganon. <laughs> um, though the magical sword uh, like just destroys bosses in like one to three hits if you can find it. Again, um, nobody nobody tells you where it is. You just have to dig up a random grave. You meet an old man there. If you have 12 heart containers, he gives you the most powerful sword in the game. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, uh, so I guess I guess it's a callback kind of them with the Master Sword and Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh Link's Shield has a just a straight up Christian cross on it. <laughs> which is knight. unaddressed. <laughs> never brought up again. It's just the crucifix. Uh, Listen, it's cause he's a knight, okay? And as all yeah. Japanese people know. A knight must have. That's that's what the try. It's a crusader. Every knight is just a crusader. There's no. <laughs> now putting that's aside the, that's what the you know, weird elements, right? we do see some interesting. Um, we we do see some interesting items that have existed throughout the games. Start here, like we have the boomerang. We have the magical boomerang. We have bombs. We have 
the Sorry, bow. I thought you were going to keep going. You're going to be like, and then we have the non-magical boomerang. And we have the boomerang that has wind. And anyway, well, the sorry, non-magical boomerang is just the boomerang. <laughs> um, He's got you there. The boomerang, right. the magic boomerang, both items that have existed sometimes separately in Zelda games. Uh, the bombs, we have the bow and arrows. We have silver arrows, which I don't, which I think briefly reappear in A Link to the Past, but otherwise don't exist. It's silver arrows, silver arrows that we use to kill Ganon. Um, it is the only weapon that can hurt him, um, and you find them in Death Mountain. Um, and uh, there's the candle, which you know through the lantern and whatnot has also existed through different things. There's even a musical instrument in the recorder, which like music is a very key part of Legend of Zelda. It's very interesting to see it like start here. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's some things that don't exist, like the raft or the stepladder. Um, but a, a lot of the items start here in this game, even if they don't do exactly the same thing. Um, but, um, they do, you know, s- start off here and they will make their return in later games. It's very interesting to see that. Um, and uh, let me see. Let's look up some bosses here, because we also a lot of these bosses also have their start in this game. Um, I was gonna ask, do you, as someone who like wants to go back, like, is this a game you'd ever recommend for someone to play, or is it just like so no. outdated at this point? I, I like, think it's, it's so worth far playing gone. once. I don't know. It's worth playing once. It if hopefully you, won't be so long, right? Because it's such yeah. an older game that it won't take like, too long. If you wanted to, if you wanted to go back and play a game that like codifies a lot of stuff for Legend of Zelda, it's Link mm-hmm. to the Past. Mm-hmm. Um, like the NES Zelda games are foundational in aspects, but it's really like. Unlike uh, Pokemon or some, or even Mario, it's really linked to the past that that like set down the letter of the law of how Zelda games work. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so this is like this is like Pioneer, like before Pioneer, almost like like you yeah, any... you know, like this is they were trying some things out. Um, they were like. As you as we'll get into when we get to Legend of Zelda two, they were very experimental for good or for ill. Um, I think, without sounding contrarian, I would say the first Zelda holds up better than the first Pokemon games. I think that would be. But fair. I also don't know if that's saying much. <laughs> I, well, I think so. I, I, spoilers for a later episode of the podcast, but it'll be like two years at this point. Um, I would say if you're itching to play a, like a top-down Zelda game, uh, Link to the Past is a go-to, uh, or the Oracle games, just straight up. Oracle games, Link's Awakening as well. And that's why we're reviewing this game, so you don't have to play yeah. it. <laughs> and so you can enjoy the older older game. Because this is 86. Like, that's still wild to me that this game is made in 86. Oh, yeah, it looks like a game that was made in 86, but 
but it yeah it, it's one of those things i'm also like curious if you know matt if at this point in 86 this style of like jrpg i guess was like very popular this top-down kind of look of games uh, the top-down look yes mm-hmm. um because what uh when was dragon quest That's a very uh, good question. Yeah, Dragon Quest was 1986. Oh. So this was kind of the beginning of all those types of games. Like the 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 format of the first Pokemon game doesn't even exist what, when this game is made. Like you know what I mean? Like that. This that being a popular precedes thing, That's what I'm saying. Dragon huh. like, <laughs> by like three months. So there's a very good argument that this is the very beginning of it, of a lot of those. Things. Yeah, like it, yeah. it's yeah, close. There's probably some er example, but like, what'd you say? Oh, Tris? Sorry, I was just wondering the Famicom. Okay, the Famicom itself was in '86 as well, so that makes sense. Yeah, because it just um, wasn't a place for much of. Like, I mean, you had like games like Adventure on the Atari, but like they were like so much more rudimentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, the Famicom is really like when games could start having stuff and plot and like structure. Recognizable characters that aren't a block. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't hold a lot of the shortcomings of the original Legend of Zelda against it because it is on the Super Nintendo or the Famicom. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Sorry, not the Super Nintendo, just the NES um, or the Famicom. And uh, it, like, there is just very limited data that they can work with Mm -hmm. to make anything, you know, make sense. Um, And... uh, so the fact that like you had to wait until the, until the Super Nintendo to really have the foundation for the series is not really surprising for me. Because mm-hmm. um, it's and, just technology at this point. Like that's that's the yeah, that's the real yeah. You, you um, really couldn't have a grand overarching adventure until you had the data that the Super Nintendo could hold. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting to me that they never tried to put. I mean, I guess part of it is you know, the pocket branding, but it is interesting to me that they didn't try to run Pokemon on the NES. Because, like, they probably could, realistically. Yeah. That is actually a little interesting. Um, and that's probably from a handheld perspective, though, Pokemon worked so much better, right? Like it. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just saying yeah. I wonder if that was, like, them... Like realizing that really early on, if they were like, "Well, we could put this on the NES or the Famicom," mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah. "Actually," <laughs> because like Zelda One could have also worked on the Game Boy, in theory? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Just I mean, yeah, there. any of them. It, it is no, no. This this feels like a like. Mm-hmm. I I've played one of the like the very first ga- like Game Boys and it's like this feels like a game totally out of that you know what I mean yeah like yeah. it would just fit. Um, it's very interesting looking at the boss list for this game because you know Zelda is famous for like you go into a dungeon you get an item and then you use that item to kill the boss. Um, because the the second half of the dungeon teaches you how to use that item, and that item is then instrumental for the boss, which is like a final exam. 
Um, that's not the case. I was going to say, yeah, okay. That's, the first Zelda, yeah. except for like Dodongo. Um, sorry, Dodongo and Dig Dogger and uh, Goma. Though I don't know if the items that you use them are actually found in their levels. Um, because each dungeon is instead of like having a really cool name, they're just called well, they're like level one, the eagle. It's, level it's seven, so funny to me because like I know I know that like there's not the same difficulty curve, but could you imagine just wandering into level seven? As like your first, you're like I feel like I'm in the wrong space. Oh no! You, like that's the, that's one of the beauties of the game is that it's very non-linear. Oh no, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying by calling it level seven. It's a lot more like yeah, ominous. Than very it intimidating. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, Aquamentus, you just kill it with your sword. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is really funny because Aquamentus also shows up in Oracle of Seasons, and you kill it you the exact it same way. Sword. Like you just like yeah. they don't even they just drop all pretense to the point where like oh, I can I can't wait to get into Oracle of Seasons. I can remember a lot of things with the Oracle games, bump. ages in particular. Aquamentus is such a letdown to the point that I genuinely couldn't tell you off the cuff like what the item of the first dungeon is. Um, I think it's like power bracelets. Yeah, it probably is. It's just really funny to me that because it has no bearing whatsoever. It's like, huh? <laughs> I just like that. Uh, like, now I need to check. Most of most of the Oracle <laughs> games are like these really well thought out. Like, models. oh, it's the seed satchel. Okay, yeah, there it is. Most of most yeah, of the Oracle really games are just these like really well thought out like oh like you know it's a puzzle and then there's just Aquamentus is just like yeah just fucking just 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 put them just put them right back in there just just stuff them back in there same guy no no changes no notes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah no it's it's interesting. Uh... Because you, you see the beginnings of the idea of like, oh, these bosses should be a bit of a puzzle to figure out how to fight them and you use the items. But they didn't like fully commit to that idea yet. Like, I think that's probably the best way to view this game. It's a lot of ideas that haven't like fully reached the maturity yet that they will in later titles. Because yeah. uh, they're still figuring things out. They're figuring out what games can be. Um, I, I think so. A lot of people complain about later Zelda games, and I don't want to. I don't want to derail us too bad. But a lot of people complain about like, I guess the interim Zelda games between like here and Breath of the Wild when it became a lot more open world again, saying like, oh, they don't like how much you get railroaded. I think there's a like. I'm not going to say it's the best way to do it because Zelda does thrive with some freedom. Yeah, I, I, like, I, think I think Zelda's at its best when, like, there's freedom to do things, but also like there's enough structure that they can design around it. Like the final, the final boss of the last dungeon in Oracle of Ages has like the same puzzle design, where like it has it uses the item from the dungeon, but it also requires yeah. an item from like the third dungeon. So yeah. with that kind of like they build on top of it. I, I think that's good. I think it's one of the things people don't really talk about enough as far as the like yeah, I, I feel games. like I feel like I'll have a lot to talk about on this topic in particular for Link Between Worlds. 
Yeah, Link um, Between Worlds. A, I've got the play, but I, I believe it. There's there's a lot going on in Link Between Worlds. Really good game, but it does suffer from the problem of that none of the item, not only one item is required for each dungeon. Mm-hmm. So um, bosses will focus entirely on that one item and. And if you use a different item in the fight, it almost sometimes feels like you're cheesing it. Yeah, it's like you're doing yeah. something outside of what it's supposed to be happening. But, um, so like, I, I think I, I like how uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom brought back a lot of the adventure elements from this game, yeah, Legend of Zelda. Um, and I think Tears of the Kingdom is a good step towards like adding in a bit more of that structure that was needed. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Tears of the Kingdom of strikes a really, really good like balance point. Yeah, I think Wind Waker because... is almost there, where there's a little more structure, but also like you get your choice of later dungeons to go to. Yeah, Wind Waker's problem is that like the dungeons themselves are very linear. Yeah, uh, probably the most linear in. Uh, the 3D games. Um, but uh, I, I, I think it's impossible to talk about this game without just talking about the entire series. Yeah, this yeah. is just... I was, I was going to say, we, we do derail a little bit, but I, I also think that's kind of, I guess, necessary. It's also kind of the point of this first game, right? Like yeah, exactly. It, like it's yeah. us kind of getting used to... Well, where did you know where this all come from, right? Where, yeah. where is a lot of the things we're going to talk about? Where has it come from, right? Uh, so it's important to keep in mind. It's, um, it's interesting to see that, like, um, you know, we we still have char- we have characters in this that are carried forward. Like, Impa exists in the manual, um, where she will continue to exist for some games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's wild how often Impa is just in the manual for Zelda games. Um, it it and... kills me because sometimes they just mention her and it's like, yep, she's still around. Not going to show you, though. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we have the start of the Triforce, though. They don't really know what they are. Um, it's. I don't think it's until, like... I think Link, Link to the Past like touches on it, but it's not until Ocarina of Time that we get a definitive, this is where the Triforce came from. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, heck, we don't even have the rule of three in this game. <laughs> the Dongo is killed with two bombs, not three. I guess I guess the last thing we can talk about, or, or like one thing that I, I do want, kind of want to bring into this podcast a little bit, is um, we have that general plot that kind of starts the story. Do you think when they were making the, this game, there was any even like preconception of future games? No, no, no. This was definitely like from the way the plot is set up. This was not intended to have like you know. This is not like going to be a long-running series this is you are the hero link and you're gonna go fight the big evil pig monster um and you have and it's dangerous to go alone take this and uh find the MacGuffin to defeat the opponent's MacGuffin. 
it's and i feel like well because like we can probably bring in this discussion here it's like i feel a lot of games that actually develop a lore kind of later on um it's it's thanks to the fact that they they did start so simple oh absolutely uh like i always like worry that um sometimes we create games with i don't know how to put it but essentially like we create games in a way that oh we have to have the whole plot like every single thing that's ever gonna happen we have to have it ready to go like from the very beginning and i just it's not um conducive to actually building a good game if that makes sense i think it can be but i think the problem is that like you need a balance like um uh uncharted 3 famously you know Developers after that game came out talked about developers at Naughty Dog talked about how they didn't really like make an overarching plot at first. They just kind of made a bunch of set pieces and then passed that on to the writers to figure out how they would all fit together. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. game's plot is wild. It makes <laughs> no sense. <laughs> you just randomly get kidnapped halfway through Act Two to go fight pirates in a ship graveyard and then you're on a cruise ship and then it's in a tsunami and then that sequence ends and it is not brought up again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You just pick up the plot literally where you left off. (laughs) Nobody talks about the pirates. They're not important to the story. Oh yes, the Um, Hamlet gambit. Or gambit. So it's... It's important when making games to kind of balance story and lore and gameplay. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you go, if you, if you're just going off and writing novels, just, just write a book. Yeah. If you're going off and making a bunch of disconnected action set pieces and not making a plot, it might turn it might turn out okay. Um, you're probably better to just lean into that and just make up, make it like have a nonsense plot to begin with. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to have any sort of cohesive plot, you want to really marry those two ideas together, have like plot and game design working together. Mm-hmm. Have the left hand know what the right hand's doing, you know? Yeah. Yes. Usually um, a, go, a good go-to in most in most uh, game development studios. <laughs> Which you know, okay. Here's my spicy take. I don't like a lot of what Miyamoto says about game design these days. <laughs> Is that changed? Has his like from from when he made no, this game? No, that's like... the problem. And it hasn't changed. So, like, what are some of those things? So we can we can talk the about the biggest issue I have with him is that he doesn't view plot as a like important thing in video games i i think Mm. there can be wisdom to that but also like it's not it it very much depends on the game you're making he ruined paper mario at at this point it's it's just weird to me that like you you can have an rpg right but you can't really have that rpg without plot at this stage yeah so like i Given everything Miyamoto has said about games, I 110% believe, you know, the plot of Zelda was not made to be, like, cohesive. It is set dressing (laughs) for 
It's his the fault. <laughs> gameplay. Well, it's set dressing for the gameplay he wanted to make. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with like Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, Mario, like the basic Super Mario Bros. Um, plot outline is nonsense. <laughs> it's Bowser has turned the people of the Mushroom Kingdom into blocks, and you need to go save the princess. Will that turn the blocks back into people? I don't know. <laughs> go save the princess. <laughs> Let's Should I feel ethical out. ramifications for all the blocks I keep breaking that are ostensibly <laughs> living, breathing people? No, don't worry about it. <laughs> I do think it's incredibly funny to me that they just kind of jammed that in the... Uh... In the manual, just so you don't really yeah. like run into it the same way. <laughs> you you won't feel those uh, you know ethical quandaries when you're actually playing the game. Um, okay, I think with this, Matt, is there any other things you want to mention about this game? Because uh, uh, otherwise, I think I think, I think we've pretty much covered it. So I would say then, because um, I, I think. You said this before, but we'll just kind of reiterate. So generally, we're not necessarily recommending playing through this. Um, we'll, I'll, I guess, uh, some final questions here. Do you think any Zelda fans like really mention this game uh, when they're kind of like raving about Zelda? Or they talk or... about it when they talk about Breath of the Wild. Yeah, mm-hmm. much. Um, and that's because of some similarities, essentially. Yeah. So before Breath of the Wild, people didn't talk about the original Zelda Beyond like the Legend of Zelda first came out in 1986 and that was the one sentence that was used to refer to this game gotcha Uh, gotcha. good times um, but when Breath of the Wild came out and had a more open design people were like oh yes this is just like the original Legend of Zelda okay the original Zelda was (laughs) the reason it's assigned this way is from a, it's not like it was not intended to be an open world game. Sorry, I wanted to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're like making it out to be something that it's. Well, oh like, my goodness, it was it's so much like to, this. It was designed to be a bit of a like open area exploration game. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can't go to the entire map at start. You don't have the items for it. But the idea is that you're supposed to be going around this environment, making maps. Yeah. Because uh, it doesn't have an in-game map. You have to, if you want to remember where anything's located, you got to write it down. Like the idea is that you're going around this open space, making maps, uh, figuring things out. Moxie's talking. Um, <laughs> and Moxie's had enough of this slander. All right. About Legend of Zelda. Yeah, and uh, you know you're you're supposed to be exploring this world, and that is something that was kind of lost from the series until Breath of the Wild brought it back. Mm-hmm. Like there was still world exploration, obviously, but not to the same like intent yeah okay um later zelda games you would explore the environment to like find uh additional heart containers and power-ups and stuff this one you're exploring the game to find the story (laughs) was it ahead of its time for when it was made that's impossible. That's honestly impossible to say, just because there's mm-hmm. nothing really before its time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It comes out like right when the Famicom 
comes out and saves video games. It's, it's, it's like asking if the sun was before its time. Like, it might be. <laughs> we don't really have a frame of reference. <laughs> hey, just for you saying that, you know, that that uh, that itself was an answer, I guess. True. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty cool in, in some sense. It's really foundational for its time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's mm-hmm. a very impressive achievement um, because nothing really like this had been made before. After all, again, like, uh, Dragon Quest, the first, like, big JRPG, doesn't come out for, like, three months. Um, this is before Final Fantasy happens, you know. This is really, like, a really large scope game at a time when, like, games had just come back from the brink. Yeah. So... <laughs> okay. It's a really uh, good demonstration of what games could aspire to be for the time. And there's a reason it really resonated with people. Ways, right? mm-hmm. I could see it being a blueprint for their future games. Mm-hmm. Um, like not just in the series, but in generally video games at the time. Uh, Tristan, do you have any uh, any kind of final thoughts on this game here? Um, not in particular, really. Kind of okay. what it is. <laughs> It is what it is. Yeah. I will recommend, like, I, I, I kind of, just to get ready, I watched a little bit of it on YouTube. I think there's, like, an hour playthrough, so I'm being in an hour. Mm-hmm. So if you if you just want a sense of what this game was like, I would definitely recommend just finding that. Um, I, I think it, it doesn't seem... It's one of those things because we like we, we think of it like compare it to Pokemon for a second, right? Like when I think mm-hmm. of Pokemon, it's like I feel like playing those first games still have some merit because there's a lot of things that are foundational to game mechanics in there if that makes sense yeah um, but this one felt a lot more rudimentary in some ways if that, if that yeah. makes sense uh, like we'll get into it more when we get to that game but um if there's what if if you want to be like what i want to play the foundational game of the legend of zelda series it's a link to the past <laughs> just straight up that's the one okay um, there you go so tune in next time as we go into <laughs> uh, Zelda's weird teenage phase. <laughs> I I love this because I am like so out of the loop. Like I said, I'm the, I'm the I'm the guy who knows nothing of any of these games or uh, previous opinions. So I'm ready to look at this game and then be like, oh, this is what you guys are talking about. We're going, yeah, we're going to go check out the Legend of Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Was this not Link's adventure? Apparently not. That one, we haven't gone into Link's adventure yet. This was Link's, I don't know, journey. <laughs> Other synonym for adventure. That's hilarious. Okay, uh, I think we'll end it here. Uh, any, any any final things you want to say? This is your last chance, uh, but it, it seems like we've spoken about this game. We've given it its historical due, shall we say. Yeah. No, no final things? <laughs> I think I am good. Oh, there you go. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we will be back whenever this is, this is our most sporadic show. Um, just like, you know, I guess the plot lines of Zelda are sporadic. I don't know. I, I feel like I've done better. Yeah, well, uh, following, <laughs> following this upload schedule is like trying to follow the Legend of Zelda timeline. So yes, true. But not the plot of the first game, because the plot of the first game is quite easy to follow. Quite easy to follow, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there you have it. Um, okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We shall be back uh, next time. Yep. Thank you again, Matt. Thank you again, Tristan. See you, everyone. Peace. See ya. See ya.